Welcome back to Commerce 3.0. My name is Chris Daly. I'm the host of Commerce 3.0. We're going to talk a little bit today about probably one of my favorite topics. Um, It's called customer portfolio management. Um, Just to give you a little bit of background, a few years ago, I used to run database marketing operations for a company called Alliance Data, and our primary client was L Brands. Uh, and one of the things that L Brands always wanted to do and that a lot of retailers are trying to do are look at multiple retail brands and find a way to look across them all at once. And so one of the tools that we created for them to be able to look at attrition and uh, you know, the improvement in customer value on their customer file was something we called customer portfolio management. So I'm going to explain to you this, uh, this, this concept. Uh, it's really a, it's a great methodology for you to look at customers and how you invest when you have scarce marketing resources. And there are six portfolios that we look at. Um, the first portfolio being uh, new to file. When you have new customers in, that's, that's uh, you know, the, the core that most people are spending a lot of time on. But for our clients, they didn't really spend as much time there. What they were really looking at was what we call the stable base. Uh, the stable base or the stable portfolio is customers who are there year over year, uh, and we'll drill down a little bit more into them. Uh, the other ones were reactivated customers, uh, customers who came back to the brand, um, and then they had what we would call growth customers, people who improved in value year over year, uh, declining customers, people who, of course, the opposite of that, declined in value year over year, and then what we call defected and gone. Um, we hate the term attrition. We just use defected because it makes it sound like they got away. <laughs> They're defectors. We want to try and get the defectors back and have them come back to the fold. So we'll talk a little bit about these in more detail and how, how they work um, and why they do work the way that they do um, and why our client really enjoyed this. This is a, it's a unique to them. Uh, we probably used it in about five or six different clients, but it's very unique to them. And it's something that we're deploying with I Want That. So our customers on our one of our subscription plans will be able to have customer portfolio management sitting live in their application. So let's drill down into new. Everybody in the world focuses on new. In a digital world, uh, everyone's looking at Google ads. They're looking at uh, how are you acquiring customers, whether it's Google shopping, whether it's paid ads, uh, whether it's Facebook ads. You know, a lot of people are spending a lot of time on acquiring customers and you need to acquire customers to grow. One of the reasons why is because you have attrition or defection within the file. So if you don't acquire new customers, you're, you're eventually going to hit the skids. Um, so the new customers, when you bring new customers in, you have marketing resources you have to apply. So you have a, a CSC, a cost to acquire that customer, but then you have to sit down and say, how do I allocate dollars to move them along that journey? What do I want them to do next? So based on where they enter the brand, a lot of these brands had different patterns. So for example, let's say you sold jeans, one of the brands sold jeans. If you entered through that category, they could forecast or we could forecast for them. That customer had a higher lifetime value than any other customer because they were selling plus size jeans. And so if you liked those jeans, you were coming back. And so we could sit down and say, the LTV of this customer over the next four to five years looks like this. So we'd use a net present value, bring that back. And that would be how we would invest into the customer that hey, over time, this customer is going to be worth about $1,200, $1,300. So what we can do is net that back that's about a $900 and say, okay, how do we want to allocate promotions, offers, and get that customer to move in further into the jeans category and make sure that she's happy. But also, what are the most ancillary categories to that that will help deepen the relationship? And we've talked about this before, I think, where if you have a customer relationship like this, that's one category, it's pretty narrow. So if you change jeans, she's gone. Right. But if you 
create a category like this and this and this, and you have multiple categories which you combine multiple things, you have a deeper, stronger relationship with it. That's what you do with new. And so when you have new customers in the new portfolio, you're analyzing what is their journey through the brand and how do we want to market to them to move them based on where they entered the brand. So that's new. The next one is reactivated. So when we talk about reactivated customers, these were customers this period had some sort of transaction activity. Last period, they had none. And a period before that, or some period before that, they had been an active customer. And it could be a couple of years back too, it, 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 which do is you use your uh, last purchase date and see how far back the LPD is. Um, reactivated customers will come back to you and not all reactivated customers are of equal value. Not all new customers are of equal value. Um, but when you look at reactivated, one of the things you're doing is you're extending their LTV. So if you have LTV that was going like this, then it just sort of stops. Now you're picking it up again. You're just sort of stepwise progressing the lifetime value of that customer. Uh, and so what you want to look at is how did they come back to us? Did they come back to us through ads, which increased their cost to acquire? Because we had to acquire them twice, which that part sucks. You really don't want to acquire them twice if you could avoid it. Try and get them through emails. If they've been gone for more than 18 months, a lot of brands stop emailing you after 18 months of activity. It just, it's really up to you and how you manage your, your uh, portfolios. Um, but how they came back to the brand. And again, where did they re-enter it? What categories did they come back to? Again, is it a category where it has high repeat velocity? You can sit down and look at that customer. And, hey, we, we may pick them back up. There may be an additional you know, X years that we have this customer back into our file. And you can forecast that as well. So when you look at reactivated, you're trying to figure out how did they come back? What quality of the reactivated is it? So, um, you know, if you were, say, spending $75 a year and you reactivated, you're not necessarily as worth much of a marketing investment versus the customer who's spending two or $300 a year and they reactivated at maybe $200 or even $150, but they came back to the brand. So you may reinvest a little differently in those. And that's how you deal with reactivated customers. Uh, the next group we call stable, the stable portfolio. And stable sounds good, right? Stable sounds, hey, I've got stable customers. This is awesome. Year over year, they spend almost exactly the same. And that might be the trick. So when, let's say I'm a stable-based customer or stable portfolio customer. Last year, I spent $200. This year, I spent $199 or $201 or whatever. I'm, I'm like basically the same customer year over year. You can count on me to come in and spend. One, there's some value in that. Knowing how big that file is and how big that is relative to your overall portfolio, it's very, very important. The bigger the stable base, the stronger your business is going to be because you have people that are, are coming back frequently enough that you can build around them. So that's lesson number one of those. Um, just like any other group, um, there's people in the stable base who spend more and people who spend less. So if you have a customer who's spending you know, $1,200 a year, year over year, you're retaining that customer as much as you can. There's a lot of retention efforts in stable base at the top, but at the bottom, that customer is retaining at maybe $75 in the AOV. So they do, you know, 150 bucks every two years. You want to retain them, but you want to try and move them up too, if you can. And so part of that is understanding who those customers are, how they entered again, what category did they enter the brand? Again, going back to our, our client that sold jeans, they're not buying jeans. It's going to be hard to move them into the brand because that's one of your flagship products that people love. Um, and so they haven't really bought something that they love. They might be what we would call kind of a passive buyer that they shop lots of different places for apparel and every now and then you have something that they want. And it's often enough that they show up in a stable base. So that's possible too. So you have to understand those patterns and look at that customer data. 
Um, stable base is great. Again, if you know the percentage of those people as they are relative to the entire file, the growth in that is, is important. And, and when I say growth, those people stay, I mean, you may have 250,000 people that are spending $200 a year every year. That's a, that's a good number, right? So you have a very stable core of people there that you can work with. So the next group is what we call growth. Um, the growth portfolio are customers this year who spent $200 and last year spent $100. So they've actually improved in value. They may have bought more units. They may have bought more items, uh, items being products. Uh, they may have bought more categories as they're going from maybe this to this, or maybe they're just doing this and doing it multiple times, right? Depends on how that customer is performing as to how you want to invest and encourage them to engage more in the brand. Again, the deeper the relationship from a category perspective, the longer you're having that customer because they have a deeper relationship with your business. They buy products and find products that they can use in that business. And so you want to try and you know, sort of nurture those growth customers. And ways that you could do that is incremental unit purchases. That's probably one of the number one tools that we would use for growth. It's not an incremental transaction. I really want to see if I can get an incremental unit within each one of your transactions. Particularly if you have an AOV to say $120 with an average unit retail price of say $20, if I can get one more unit in there, that's about an 18% increase in that customer. And I'm continuing to grow their value, right? That's what we want to look at. So we try not to create this heavy emphasis of I need you to transact again. We would love that. And that may be a goal at some point in time, but just getting an incremental unit out of each of them creates an 18% growth in the entire section of that file. That's a good growth number. So you want to sit down and try and figure out how do you want growth customers to, to improve? How do you move them through the journey? What, what categories are they buying? What categories are they not buying and or browsing? You can, if you are tracking that information, you can see that. Um, but the growth file is an important group. It's they're new, um, relatively new. They've been there for a couple of years um, and they're growing in value. So you want to try and nurture those as much as you can. So the next group after that is flip side, the declining value. Uh, and within the declining value, you'll have customers, and these are the ones that are most frustrating. And you look at these and you just shake your head and you're like, crap. Um, you can see them saying, I'm slowly drifting away. <laughs> and it's like, I'll never let go, Jack. She let go. <laughs> so you're like, don't let go. You know, you want to try to figure out how do you recover these customers that have, you know, last year you spent $200 with us, this year it's $75 or $50. And or if you entered through a key category like jeans and you're not buying that now, that's kind of a flag of, uh-oh, something changed. You know, um, as a customer, you know, lifestyle change, life stage change, um, you know, what's going on that they haven't done that? And are they buying things, you know, as they slowly defect that are really not, not, not what you would call the best at categories, but maybe a, a, something else, an ancillary category. So, uh, category. So it depends on what you do with that file and how you look at the decliners. Invariably, like we tell people, segment the file. So you have some decliners who were top tier. And when you have somebody who was spending $1,200 a year and they're declining, that throws a flag. Something's wrong. Something's changed um, You know, with that customer. The other part about declining customers is also what is their last purchase date? Because Typically, we look at these things on a year-over-year -year basis, and it's just a rolling quarter. So at the end of the quarter, we go back 12 months and take a look at it. Um, and we quintile the file. When we quintile it, we have a top quintile. So quintile one of this year, who was in quintile one of last year, that's a very valuable customer. That, that, that's yeah, very, very valuable. <laughs> They're the top 20% of your file, and they are spending a lot of money with you. 
But when you see them starting to go, hey, there were people who in Q1 are now in Q2, three or four, and gosh, they're five, which means they're almost out the door. By the time you see them in five, they're pretty much gone uh, because their last purchase has probably been a long time off. But the two, three, four, you might spend a little bit more time with those people trying to reactivate them, re-engage them, or see what they're buying or not buying. Uh, see if they've moved. I mean, if it was a retail store, they might have moved away from the store. Maybe they just don't buy online and you haven't moved them online. So you need to look at those people. Um, we've seen attrition rates in that top group that's somewhere between 20 and 25%. Now, when you get to be a billion dollar brand, you get that's $250 million just walked out the door. And we're like, yeah, that hurts. Let's <laughs> go leave a mark. Um, and so you really want to spend time there. There's retention, reactivation, reengagement. It could also be new programs too. When you look at some of those customers in there, if you do personas, and we'll talk about personas in a future uh, episode here, but if you have personas, we have one that we used that had two customers that were $1,200 a year. You, you look at them from a spend perspective and you're like, spend items, et cetera. The big different factor for them is transactions. One shop 12 times a year, one shop twice. And so we were like, well, that's different. So, you know, one lady came in $600, she just spent and out she went. Uh, and so we tried to find out who they were. And when we did persona modeling, what we found out was the customer who shopped twice a year was a busy professional woman who traveled a lot, didn't have time to shop, liked the clothing, just didn't have time to shop. The other one lived very close to the store, shopped all the time, shopped online, shopped multi-channel. She was a shopper. She liked it. And it was kind of fun. Um, but she didn't have to spend, you know, $600 each time she went, she could spend a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there, whatever. And all of a sudden she, she got what she wanted. Um, two very different customers, two very different paths and understanding those differences are where you say, hmm, we could create a clientele kind of like a stitch fix for that customer. Hey, you know, Mary, we've got stuff that you like. Here's the styles and colors and, and sizes that you like, that you fit, that we've collected on you. If you want to spend some time, we've got some time coming up in the next you know, next couple of weeks. We can book some time. You can come in, we'll do a personal fitting for you, set you up, off you go. Those are things that engage customers that are different. They, they say, you know me, you understand me. It's not personalization with a merge tag. That's not personalization. That's just crazy crap. But it's really where you're spending time understanding who that customer is. And it gets very, very important when you look at the declining value portfolio because there's a lot of money that is walking out the door. And like we said, there are people who have high value, there are people who have low value. You have a $75 a year customer walking out the door, you're not gonna spend $100 to retain them. You're gonna sit down and go, okay, I have a certain amount of money I'm gonna spend, I'm gonna spend less on you, I need to keep these, right? And the other thing that gets into this is uh, something that we call about um, uh, revenue concentration. There's revenue concentration. This is one of the things that customer portfolio uh, management reveals is the concentration of revenue and profits within your portfolio. And so you'll look at that top quintile, which is the top, you know, 20% of customers. And you're going to look at them and go 20% of customers. You would think it's 80%. It's usually, usually from my perspective, when I look at large retailers, it's 30, 70, 30% of customers are 70% of sales. The Pareto rules off by a little bit in retail for some reason. Um, but when you drill down into them, if you drill down into the quintile one in front of the people who are there year over year and look at the top 4% of customers, that number shocks people because you'll look at that and say 4% of customers are like 18% of all of our sales. And it's maybe a couple hundred thousand people. And you're like, Oh, 
And while the average is $1,200, these guys are spending like $2,200. And so you look at that, you have to know those people. And this is why portfolio management is better than file management. You see these people in the drill down analysis, you see their brand duration, where they entered the stores they shop at, categories, how many categories they index in, um, their value, the average value, the ADS, what response rate they have to campaigns, what kind of campaigns they like. Um, you have just this litany of information on them that you can sit down and go back and contact them and or use them as ambassadors for your brand. You know, bring a friend, you know, bring a friend. They're very popular with that. If they love this brand, yeah, let's bring a friend. It'll come on in very successful campaigns. So understanding those all comes out of customer portfolio management. Okay, so now the last one is the dreaded, <laughs> defected and gone. Um, those are the ones that are the hardest ones to, to look at. Um, I remember doing this with one client. Um, I ran this report. I've done this report now for like 20 years. Um, and I did it for a client. I'm like, that doesn't look right. Uh, I just kept looking at it going, that's not right. You know, top quintile had a 49% attrition rate. That's really high. And I thought, maybe I did the math wrong. <laughs> so I go back on my, I look at my code. I look at, I'm like, this is right. I ran it five times and I finally got it right. So I sat down with the client and said, listen, I don't know if you're seeing this, but this is what this report is telling you is that you have an attrition rate at the top tier of your customer file. It's 49%. That's a problem. And it's a big problem because that revenue concentration is turning over quickly. And they said, well, no, we're growing really fast. You know, we're adding, adding new stores every year and, and our online is booming and you know, this, this can't be right. And I'm like, Pretty sure it is. Um, so, you know, I did a little bit of work with them and over time they decided they were gonna move everything in house and two years later, I got their bankruptcy notice. Wasn't wrong, it was right. What they did is they did a survey with those customers and found out that they had a quality issue with the products that they were selling and that you would literally buy something on your way home from the store, it would break. <laughs> it's like, well, that, that could be it. So, you know, when you see things like that in a file, it's a flag, right? You have to know sort of where the industry is at, where your vertical markets are. That was that was uh, specialty, you know, jewelry and stuff like that. But when you look at that and go, that's a big number, that's a flag, particularly at the very top. Down at the bottom, if you see 60%, it sucks. But, you know, when you have somebody who spends $19, you're not sweating that a lot. But you do also sweat the fact that when you have, you know, two or three million people on your file, you're churning through a lot of people really fast. And when you're doing that, you're gonna kind of run out of people, right? So keep that in mind. So customer portfolio management is one of the better tools that, that we've developed over the last several years. It's one of the things that we add into the I Want That uh, platform so that when you get there as a customer, if you subscribe with one of our uh, paid subscriptions, we're gonna provide all this on your data and it's interactive. So you can sit down and say, I wanna take the Q Q1, one over one, Send these people off and we're going to do some research with them. Send them over to, you know, Survey Monkey or whatever you want to use and, and do some research on them and find out who they really are um, and do some more drill down analysis. It helps you sit down and plan. If you have, you know, a million dollar marketing budget, given what you spend in the course of a year, how are you going to allocate that across this? And what you end up with is 30 cells. We usually do quintiles in part because if we did deciles, we do a lot of decile work. Just simple segmentations do wonders for you and because when you look at even a quintile the average unit retail of a customer at the top is like 22 dollars, and the next one down is like 19 and you go well that's only you know a few dollars i'm like 
it's like 20%. <laughs> so when you sit there and go, okay, that, that's, a, that's a big difference, right? It, it also informs how you make an offer. So if you're giving 20% off to everybody there, you're just giving money away at the top because they don't need the 20% off. They're going to shop anyways because they like it. But it's like we call it lazy marketing. Don't do lazy marketing. You, you have the tools in a digital age to sit down and understand who these buyers are and how they buy, categories they like, products they like, item quantities. You have all of this information. You should be spending time using customer portfolio management to understand how your file is creating value and hemorrhaging value and then use marketing dollars to allocate to those and try and you know, improve the value of the, the, the growth of the portfolio or manage and stem the attrition. So it's a great tool. It's not complicated. Um, we're going to post it up on our website. If you want to take a look at it, I want that. It's in our marketing resources lab. We'll have a whole blog post on the customer uh, portfolio management. You can take a look at that. We have a few downloads as well. Um, but it's really, it's a great tool. It's one, if you've got a, a customer base that has over a thousand customers, people go, that's too small. I'm like, it's never, ever too small for you to understand I shouldn't give that customer $10 off. I should give them 10 off, them 15, but their 15 requires them to spend 75 or more and their 10 off requires them to spend 50 or more because I know what their AOVs are, right? Those are all driven market basket economics that you just sit down and say, I'm, I'm, if I give you 10% off, you're just taking money. And it's not necessarily giving us a, a higher lift than having targeted offers that are thresholds. Um, and we'll go through that in another podcast. Uh, we'll talk about thresholds and market basket analytics and how to drive customer behavior. A lot of what we spend our time is incremental analytics. We'll talk about that in another podcast as well. See, we got like three or four different podcasts you're going to come up with pretty soon. Um, and so that'll help you understand our perspective and how we go about things and, how, and why we do segmentation, why we do it. Even if it's a simple segmentation as quintiles, deciles just Deciles end up being 300 segments and you, just, you can't see anything in that. It's too much. But when we do the quintiles, and you'll see it on our site, uh, when we do the quintiles, you can immediately go, yep, I know who those are. Oh, that, hmm, wow. <laughs> that number is stunning. So anyways, thanks a lot for uh, tuning in today for the podcast. Next up, we're going to talk about BOTNA. Uh, BOTNA is the best alternative to a negotiated agreement and why you should negotiate with your customers in digital commerce. So that should be a good one. Everybody have a great day and we'll talk to you in the next podcast. Thanks a lot.